Welcome to the Yahoo Finance Presents podcast. I'm Alexis Christophorus, and today we're talking about finding and landing your dream job. And I am joined by Scott Dubrowski, a career expert at the job site Glassdoor. It's great to have you with me, Scott. Hey, thanks for having me. So let's start big picture first. We have an unemployment rate at a 17-year low. There are about 5 million open jobs online in the U.S. And you say that's good news because why? We have more opportunities to find the right job for us? Exactly. Uh, the, The quick way to think about it is really right now, it is still very much a job seekers market. Sometimes uh, that can change and it can be um, an employer's market. Right now, it is a job seekers market. What that means is there's a lot of jobs, a lot of diversity of jobs, um, still some very healthy job growth going on. And so what it really should indicate to people out there is um, you don't want to just take a job. You really want to try and find a job that you'll love um, and really, um, you know, one that fits your life. Okay, well, that sounds like it could be a little overwhelming for some people. So what is the first thing they should do to try and find the right job for their lifestyle that that they're going to enjoy and be happy in long term? Yes. And then just to acknowledge that you're, you're right, it can be quite overwhelming. In fact, people have often said finding a job is a full time job in itself. But Um, we don't want it to be. It shouldn't be overwhelming um, because it can affect your life in so many ways. But the first step is really identifying your skill set to find the right job for you. This sounds simple. It may sound like you've heard this before, but there are so many employers that are advertising new jobs, hybrid jobs, and jobs that are really a mix of skills. So why this is um, the first thing we recommend is if you identify the things you're good at, the skills that you're good at and you really like doing every day, all day, um, that will help guide you for maybe job titles that you know about, but also job titles that you might not know about. And that's um, the key here. Meaning that you can actually discover jobs that you might not have thought you would even existed or that would be right for you. And and, and how do we do that? I mean, there are a bunch of resources online, of course. Mm-hmm. Sure. So first, um, in this part, in terms of skill set, it's really kind of the old fashioned way of put one column on the left, one column on the right in your notes section of your phone, even while you're, you know, you know, at a cafe and write down the skills that you do really good. Are you good at data analytics? Are you good at communicating with people? Are you a great project manager? And then on the right-hand side as well, or wherever you want. Write down things that maybe you do in your current job, but you don't necessarily love um, or that you aren't so good at. There's a lot of employers out there today who are actually asking the question, what are you good at? What have you done on your best day? Because we want you doing that all day. So, So it starts there. And then how do you even begin to sort of narrow now so let's say you have your list of yes. um of skills and the things that you think would uh, would make a good job for you how do you whittle that down and then how do you find those actual open positions great question so the next step really is taking this preliminary research your skills assessment and putting it to the test in a job search engine. So for instance, on Glassdoor or on other job sites, um, a lot of us function the same way, um, much like a Google search, is you can put in uh, starting with a job title that you know or that you really like. Most people are, are good with that point. And what a lot of the job search engines are doing now is serving you up 
first match results, which include exact matches. However, if you then go on to page two or page three of results, you're going to find related job titles. Uh, there might even be some options uh, for you to click a button on some job search sites that say, give me related job titles. And so you're going to start looking at the job titles that are exact matches, but also related matches. And then you look at the job descriptions and look for those that are hopefully highly populated with the skills that you're good at. And if, well, there are some that don't include the skills that you're good at, well, maybe you want to farm those out. So is, is that part of the process when you, when you say farming out to just sort of narrow down to those few high quality job opportunities that you want to focus on applying to? Absolutely. So you're searching for jobs and then you are correct. So it's all about high quality job opportunities to apply to. Many people, myself included, I admit it, back in the day, would spray and pray. So you would <laughs> apply to all of these jobs, maybe 10 and 20 job titles in a day, and you might feel good and go out you know, for lunch with your friends. However, how many of those really um, were jobs that you were interested in or actually wanted to work at for maybe a number of years? Right. Um, personally, and I've talked with a lot of people in, in this space, um, probably not a lot. So quality is the name of the game. And right now, our labor, um, you know, our labor market is very um, attuned and, and at an advantage for us, all of us job seekers, to focus on high quantity. So some things you want to keep in mind maybe is where the job is located. You know, what are the company values? Do employees like working there? So this is all information you can now see in a lot of job descriptions um, paired with the job listing itself. Now, this is interesting. You said, I wouldn't have thought of this. You said download and save the job listings you're interested in for future reference. Why would you do that? Yes, this one um, a lot of people don't know about. Here's why. If you apply to a job um, and you get going in the interview process, and we know that the average interview uh, duration, according to Glassdoor uh, research, um, can be several weeks in many cases, depending on what industry you're applying to. So it's very possible we see it, that job listing can come down for a number of reasons. The employer could receive a lot of job applications and they don't want anymore, or the employer might um, think that they have the right candidate, but something could fall through. So if the job listing and description goes away online, you wanna download and save it, or copy and paste and save it in a Word doc, something like that. So if you get called up for the interview, you can refer to that job listing um, prepare for the interview and hit all of those points spot on. Now, let's get to the resume portion of this because the, the next thing would be after you've narrowed things down and you say these are the jobs I'm really interested in, you would start to gather the, your cover letter and resume. You know, I mm -hmm. think for a lot of people, they put together that resume, it looks good, they save it on their computer, and then when the time comes, they spit it out. But you say, wait a minute, customize your resume for each job application? Yes, and uh, it is all about customization and personalization. In fact, that is the key in the employment space. Personalization for you, what kind of company and job you want, um, but also for the employer when it comes to looking and scanning resumes. And, and by the way, if we remove ourselves from this job search experience, personalization is everywhere in our society today. How true. Think about yeah, think about the food we order, the hotels we stay in, uh, you know, the 
you know, if you're looking for a, a house or, or to rent a home, um, or even, you know, you can go on certain sites and order paintings or, or t-shirts that are all customization. So um, I point that out because it's the same process in the job search um, experience. So every resume should be customized even slightly. It shouldn't be a lot of added work. Um, and then and then you apply it um, to the job and company you're looking at. And so um, there's some do's and don'ts also on resumes. Um, yeah, I want to I talk about, yeah. about some of that. And I guess one of the things people may forget is you, you need to include whatever special degrees or certifications you have on your resume. Absolutely. I mean, without a doubt, this calls out a specific skill set that you have and how you attained it. So it's really great that, that most of us um, now have gone to college and we have a four-year degree. Many employers, um, especially at specialized skill sets, um, expect and actually ask for that. But sadly, they also recognize that education is not enough anymore. And the top employers even say, though, while we really like it, we're more interested in skill sets. So you must do what you just said. So here's, here's something I always wondered about. How far back, I mean, this doesn't apply to those who don't have a lot of work experience, but if you do, how far back should you go when listing your job experience? Great question. And, and here's, here's uh, the rule to follow. So let's say you're mid-level or senior level. You want to highlight your past 10 years of experience um, by calling out bullets, um, the job titles, certainly, and maybe some highlights. Metrics data um, is really what employers are looking for. How did you move the needle at your company by X percent? Or how many stories did you tell in a year? Or interviews landed in maybe your field? Or, um, you know, um, even if, you, you know, I shouldn't say even, even um, though you work in retail and, and you're, sweat, you're selling um, a certain piece of clothing, how, how many sweatshirts did you sell? And how how does that show that you're a great salesperson? Mm -hmm. All of this can be put in numbers. So cover the past 10 years. You do want to call out past work history, but you can, um, you can do it. You can summarize. So you could put the company and the role and the years. That's a great way to do it. And not necessarily the skill set for each one of those older positions. No, they're going to expect actually a minimal uh, level of skills and experience with these jobs. So you really want to highlight your successes and skill sets over the past 10 years with the most emphasis on the past five years. But still, yes, if you have more than 10 years, you want to list in summary mm -hmm. uh, the, the jobs where you've been previously. And certainly a resume should not be more than one or two pages. Ideally, it should not be for more than one page, especially for people with less than 10 years. Over 10 years, one to two pages is okay. And if you're really like C-suite, super senior, um, sometimes more than two can be okay. Okay. Now, let's talk cover letter. I'd have to imagine the, the greeting, you know, to whom it may concern just is not <laughs> happening anymore. <laughs> it is not happening anymore because guess what? It is too easy this day and age to at least have a sense of who runs that team or at least what department is 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 reading your cover letter. Mm -hmm. So even if you wrote two marketing leaders or if you are working with a recruiter and, and, and you know who this could go to or beforehand, if you're a referral, you know who it's going to go to first names, um, you know, kind of scream personalization from the get go. So to whom it may concern, don't do it. It's um, it's a thing of the past. And and let's quickly just tick off some of the things you want to do with your cover letter or be sure not to do in your cover letter. 
Absolutely. So first rule of thumb, your cover letter is actually a supplement to your resume. It is not a copy of it. So if you highlight numbers or roles from your resume, um, don't even bother with a cover letter. Instead, the cover letter is actually supposed to provide added color around who you are, what you're good at, what you have to offer an employer, why you're the right fit, and actually spell out a little bit more about how you can solve an employer's challenge uh, or an employer's uh, um, difficulties. Remember, an employer always wants to know from a candidate how you can help solve their problems. If you just say, I'm looking for my next um, you know, job opportunity because it'll do X, Y, and Z for me, they are not okay. interested in that. There's nothing wrong with it, and it's nice, but that's not going to get you the job. Instead, spell out how you can help solve their problems. Okay, so now it's time for the interview. And you say there is some homework to be done here. There is. Once again, um, it is too easy this day and age to find out what the interview process is like, including questions that are typically asked at a specific company. So you can use a site like Glassdoor or talk with a friend or maybe someone who's worked at this company and find out what does the interview experience look like. If you really can, you want to find out who are you interviewing with because that'll allow you to go on and look at their social profiles, maybe follow um, maybe some of their social media, see what they've um, you know, been putting out to the world. And this should give you an insight about who they are professionally. And it's okay, even personally, in some cases, if you both like you know, downhill skiing and you saw this person really big advocate, that can help break the ice. So you want to do research and be prepared for the most basic interview questions, but also the most difficult ones. And you know, one of those difficult ones sometimes is towards the end, they'll look at you and say, so do you have any questions for me? And you know, oh, that's yes. when you go, well, humana, humana, humana. So you should, you <laughs> should have some, some well-prepared um, questions, right? Oh, absolutely. In fact, there's a lot behind that question. Um, what questions do you have for me? So sometimes it, it's meant literally, what questions do you have for me? But more so, and our CEO at Glassdoor has even said this, what he's looking for is for the candidates to open up at added discussion about what's on their mind. It shows that you are curious, engaged, and interested in the position. And so if it's related to the job, company, and position, that's where it should go. If it's not related, well, then don't ask it. Um, if you are silent and say, I have no questions, um, unfortunately, that can be a red flag because almost all employers want someone who's curious, engaged, and looking at how this role or the, the team could grow. Now, after the interview is done, and hopefully it was a success, um, I know it sounds old-fashioned, especially in this day and age of where everything is digital, but you say sending a thank you note, either handwritten or an email, is mm -hmm. the right thing to do and, and actually could probably sometimes make the, make the difference, all things being equal, as to whether or not you get the job. Exactly. And that's really what we're talking about here. There are a lot of really great candidates out there right now. And so if two or three um, are in the final round and you're one of them and there's dozens or hundreds applying for your job, going these added steps with research, are, are that's why we're talking about this. And finally, put a cherry on top of that Sunday. So you, you interview with people. Um, you want to send them a thank you note. We actually recommend an electronic thank you note. Mm -hmm. Why? It can get to them right away. So if they're talking about the pool of candidates that afternoon or the next day, which is very likely, um, you can let them know right away. 
um, that, that you said thank you, that you're very interested in hearing back from them. And again, it really just puts a cherry on the Sunday, so to speak, and is an added bonus that could set you apart um, from other candidates. And a thank you note should go out uh, in, the, in the 24 hours following the interview. Is there a timeline for this? Mm-hmm. Well, 24 hours is certainly recommended. That's because you should expect the employer to start their conversations and start comparing notes perhaps about you as soon as 24 hours. So if you want it to be advantageous, within 24 hours, there isn't a set time. Um, certainly after the interview, if you did it five minutes after, that is too soon. That could seem a little eager beaver. Why, why are you responding that fast? Right. I think a few hours at a minimum or perhaps that evening when you know a lot of us are casually looking at our emails even from home mm-hmm. or it's in their inbox fresh in the morning. All right. Now let's say things have gone really well and they've made you an offer. Um, aside from jumping up and down <laughs> in front of them or on the phone, what, what should you do? Well, exactly. Like first, congratulations. Um, nailing a job this day and age is, is awesome. So you should be proud and feel good. Um, but what you should do is listen to everything that they're saying. In most cases today, it is a verbal offer summarizing the next steps, which should include your pay and compensation. And so every employer actually will expect you to negotiate or expect you to take at least some time to consider. So you don't, I I point that out because some of us are so scared or nervous, Mm -hmm. especially if you haven't been working or unemployed for a little while that you want to say yes right away. But remember, it is a job seekers market. And remember, if they chose you, you have a skill set that they want. So it's okay to ask, I am so, to say something like, I'm so interested. Thank you for the offer. I'd love to consider it and get back to you. Um, When do you need an answer? Mm -hmm. And usually it will be within 24 hours or 48 hours, but that's when you should do a little added research. um, See if the pay or compensation you're offering you is in line with current market value for your role, given your experience and other factors. If it is, you might want to say yes on the spot. We do encourage, though, everyone to negotiate their pay. That's because there's often a pay range um, in most jobs. And understand what your what your value is, right? And there are places that people can go, depending on the industry they're in, to get a good idea as to what the median pay is for what they're doing in their city. There really is. Um, I mean, we have a free tool on Glassdoor called Know Your Worth. And guess what? It does just that. You type in your job title, where you're working, the size of the company, um, your relevant work experience, and according to other people's careers, resumes, and supply and demand patterns in your local labor market, we're able to spit out to you instantly um, your current market value, which is really your earning potential given all of these factors. In addition, you could look at certain organizations online that um, you know call out Uh, pay medians and pay averages for your industry. So you want to compute all of this research together. Um, If the offer is in line with it, you might want to say yes. If you you think that you're you're worth a little bit more and your data shows that you're worth a little bit more, remember, you won't get if you don't ask. Scott Dabrowski of Glassdoor. These are great tips and they're really empowering too. So thanks so much for sharing these with us. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening to the Yahoo Finance podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts.